Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek Worldview, and today on the show we're talking about Ms. Marvel, and as always, with the Marvel shows. I'm not here alone, I'm here with Josiah. Hello everyone. And we're going to talk about Ms. Marvel. We've only seen the first three episodes of Ms. Marvel so far, so we watched the first three episodes. We're going to do a quick spoiler-free section, then get into spoilers about these first three episodes, and then after that we're going to get into spoilers for the entire series once we've watched the rest. So right off the bat, spoiler-free section here. Uh, this show so far has been fun. This, this has been pretty fun. It's uh, a, definitely a different kind of take, a different tone than anything we've seen from Marvel before. Uh, kind of going for like a teen coming of age kind of story uh which i mean i guess maybe we i, mean, I guess maybe you could say that with spider-man but this is going for a, a little bit different of an angle i guess that's the the coming of age story for a, a young guy this is a coming of age story for a young girl and uh so far it's fun you know i think uh i think kamala is a, a fun character i think the the actress is uh, does a good job at, at having the very kind of uh, bubbly personality, the personality that is very fun to, to watch and, and latch onto. Uh, some of the side characters around them I think are pretty fun. And uh, some of the the lore they're getting into is interesting. Yeah, it's got a it's got a different tone than the other ones. It, it definitely seems to be going for kind of that younger generation type of thing with the with the emojis and and stuff. It's kind of fun how they integrate it into the scenery. Yeah. Like sometimes that doesn't always work good and that's definitely not my favorite style, but I think they're doing it well. Yeah. And and doing that fits with kind of the tone of the movie and the age of the characters. Yeah. And it, yeah, it kind of fits her kind of personality, her uh, very daydreamy kind of uh, personality and you start to see some of her kind of daydreams in the background and stuff. This show uh, definitely, to get a little bit more uh, thematic I guess without spoiling anything still, uh, this show is definitely diving into the Muslim stuff. You know, this is this is the the they made a big deal when she popped up in the comic books uh, that you know this is our first mainline Muslim superhero, you know, and, and going into the comic books, I, I've read a couple of her comic books and going into the comic books, I had the same reservations kind of as going into this. I'm going, okay, so this is this is very much pushing that kind of agenda, pushing that kind of message, saying, you know, this this is a good religion, this is good this and that, for, you know, trying to be open to all that kind of stuff, you know. Which, you know, as, as a Christian, I see that, and I see a bunch of, it, I see it as, as a, a negative and pushing this kind of negative agenda, but watching it they they do a good enough job i think working it into the show they do a good enough job not having it it not having it be like the message that's shoved in your face obnoxiously i don't think necessarily that said i think if you replaced this with christianity if you put a christian character in here and you showed this much of her church life or this much uh some of the drama that happens in the church as a, a little bit of the background in this show uh, it would be considered, you know, cheesy Christian propaganda or something, you know. And so, in the same vein, I think that this is, to a certain extent, cheesy uh, Muslim propaganda in the in the show, you know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely touches on a religion more than uh, more than most shows would on a character's religion. Yeah. But then also, the Muslims, their religion is a bigger part of their life than a lot of people. You know, they're yeah. with 
how many times a day they pray and, and stuff like that. And one of the things I was nervous about, sometimes when, when a show portrays a religion that's still a uh, practice religion in the world today, they don't want to say anything wrong about it. It's almost like they mm-hmm. can do no wrong. They, you know, they're, these are perfect people because they're of this certain religion. Yeah. And they didn't really do that. They kind of showed, oh look, there's some there's some issues in their mosque. You know, it's not they didn't they didn't like uh, slam them. Yeah, but they didn't like oh they're they're perfect with halos and can do no wrong either. I think they did good in that regard. Now I do find it interesting with uh, with this being Muslim focused, and it uh, I would be curious if a Muslim would like this series because <laughs> because one thing. Like, I don't know a ton about Muslims and what, what they believe and stuff, but I know that they're not woke. They, you know, they, like Christians, they're not, they're not woke. You know, that's, that is, the, the wokeness of our current society runs against what they, their beliefs. And so, seeing some little hints of homosexuality in here a couple times, uh, nothing too explicit, but the, you know, there, there's just little, little hints of it in here. Uh, and there's a subplot about, oh, uh, there's a girl running for, I, I don't know what she is. I assume it's like a, a elder in a church or something. Uh, some position in the church, in the, the mosque. You know, and, and I don't know exactly what their perspective is on that, but the perspective in the show is like, it's like oh, it's kind of a new thing or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it does make me wonder that it's like, okay, if a legit, like, Muslim and not like a young woke Muslim like sometimes you see the young woke Christians I assume I assume that's a thing <laughs> but but like a, a legit Muslim that really knows the beliefs and believes it I wonder if they what they would think of this show because it seems to me that it runs contrary to some of the things that they would believe even though this is a show that that seemingly is kind of trying to portray them in a fairly positive light you know yeah, I would be uh, interested to find out if uh, they had any Muslims working on the show with them and advising them or, you know, yeah. in, in any way. All right, so spoiler time. Now we're going to talk about spoilers for the first three episodes, so halfway through the show here of Ms. Marvel. So spoiler warning, you've been warned. Uh, okay, so one thing kind of right off the bat, and I guess maybe this isn't totally uh, spoilery necessarily, but... Because uh, you see a bit of it in the trailers, but the way that she gets her powers here is different than the way she gets her powers in the comics. In the comics, uh, there was like a big event with the Inhumans. The you know there was like a big disaster, and tons of Terrigen gets released, and then she's an Inhuman, and so she uh, develops superpowers through the the t- typical Inhuman means and stuff. Uh, in here, they find a bangle, and she puts it on, and that's what gives her superpowers. Uh, when, when like, her not-boyfriend-boyfriend <laughs> looks at her, she's like, oh, this power is coming from you, not from the bangle. So it's like, you know, it, it is still coming from her, but it's the way she got the powers is different. And uh, I guess I guess it's interesting to, to see the difference here. I was wondering how they were going to do this, because they haven't... If you don't include Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which it seems like they're trying to push off to the side a little bit, and I'm assuming they're not going to also include the Inhumans TV show. I'm assuming they're pushing that off to the side, too. So it's like they haven't actually had any Inhumans in, like, the the main MCU. So I was wondering how they were going to do this. And they're kind of skirting the line here. And it's like, technically, maybe you could say she's an Inhuman, 
and got her powers in a different way or something? Like somehow the way the Terrigen was administered to her, she didn't do the cocoon thing. She yeah. just kind of transformed in a moment. And just, yeah, immediately had the powers. The The hands that they got it off of was blue. The Kree are, are blue. And the, the Kree, the, the Inhumans are... Uh, you know, part Kree, part humans, and so that's kind of the thing that gives them the superpowers, and so it's like, they, they're hinting at it, and I wonder if in the future, whenever they introduce or reintroduce or whatever they're gonna do within humans, potentially in the future, I wonder if they'll tie her into that, or... Or did her powers just come from being descended from these people, because in the flashback, you saw her great-grandma... Um, so her, her grandma Nani's mother, um, with these other characters, uh, the djinn or, or, uh, you know, whatever they are. Yeah. You know, they were with, the, in the flashback, they were together unearthing the bangle. Um, then they got separated and supposedly they've been searching for it ever since. And since Cameron was one of their sons, you know, you know, they can, they can have children in our dimension. It seems like Kamala's great-grandma was one of them, and so she's, you know, descended from these djinn, and so maybe she had powers, you know, inside her from that. Because they all have some kind of powers, like, like somewhat nebulous at this point, but, like, the one makes the the spear appear, and then they, they seemingly have some kind of maybe super strength or something. They could, They all had, like, some kind of special weapon. Or some some, mm-hmm. some kind. I assume they'll dive more into what that is in the in the future of these episodes here. Because even when they were talking about it at first, I was questioning whether this was alternate dimension, like parallel, parallel universe kind of dimension, or is this like uh, like what more we said is like a, a alternate dimension where it's just like a they're different kinds of beings all together that may not even be related to humans at all or something. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, so I, you know, we've, we've only gotten a very brief explanation thus far, and I assume we'll get more as we get more into with her great-grandma. And evidently, something the great-grandma did caused shame on the family. So, yeah, they, they hit on that several times, so it seems like they are going to get back to that. And my guess is it's going to be something that was a misunderstanding because of the powers and the things that were going on, you know. I mean, even when, when the... To, to, you know, a misunderstanding that brings disgrace because the, the mom, when she saw the video or was talking about the, was talking about when Ms. Marvel saved the, the one boy that was hanging off the tower and she's like, man, the mother of that person should be ashamed of themselves, you know, not knowing that it's her. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of foreshadowing or backshadowing or whatever, uh, kind of a parallel to that where it's some kind of misunderstanding and connection with them having these powers and then she'll you know she'll redeem herself at the end or whatever and while we're on the topic of uh, her her powers i also want to say that they the, the i don't think in any movie so far they've gotten right the stretching powers because like in the the fantastic four movies and stuff it always just seems kind of weird it seems kind of gross almost you know it's just like a very strange power that works in a comic book but when you see it in live action it's just like oh that's that's weird you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i guess we got a little bit of that in uh doctor strange and the multiverse of madness 
But this one, it's not just straight up stretchiness. It's like they have the, the power that kind of covers it up and changes it and alters it. And, and to the point that even like when she stretches out her arms, I'm not entirely sure if that's actually her arm stretching out or if it's just the power, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's hard to tell, uh, but it almost seems like it's like just the light kind yeah. of becoming an extension of her. Yeah. Rather than her actually stretching. Which is interesting, because in the comics, it definitely is, like, her actually stretching. Like, that's kind of her thing. And so it's interesting that this kind of difference here, you know. And also in the comics, I don't think, as far as I know, she doesn't have the, uh, the, the power to project the light, the hard light around her that she can, like, walk on and, and block, you know, stuff from hitting her and stuff. Uh... Unless she got that a little later on in the comic books. I only read, you know, very few with her. So maybe she does have that in the comics. But from what I've read so far, she's just like the very stretchy kind of person. So I guess in some ways I would be curious if uh, if someone is a big Ms. Marvel fan, if that would be a disappointment to them. You know, like I've, I've read very little with her, so I had very low expectations for this show, really. And so for me, watching it, it's like, oh, you know, it's fun. And it's, it's you know, kind of an interesting power set and stuff, so it's cool. Um, but if someone was, like, a big fan, if that would be a bummer to them. Because it's, it's a decently dramatic change, you know? Yeah. I do like the fact that she's uh, grounded in a family, you know? And yeah. a lot of times with superheroes, it's just about the person themselves, you know? And not, you know, you don't see so much about you know, extended beyond them, and, you know. Yeah. So it's interesting to have her, her family around her, and, you know, I kind of like that aspect. And I a, did. a functional, non-broken family, which is too rare in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that they had her sneak out, and then, you know, she she didn't really get in trouble for that. Mm. And then, then later, when she asked to go to that party... You know, the mother gave her permission and said, basically, this time just come in through the front door. And you got the idea that she wouldn't have gave her permission to go to that party, except right. for that she just snuck out. So it's almost like, oh, she disobeyed and then ended up getting rewarded for it. Yeah, I can't beat them, join them or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Because that is kind of, that That also, you know, it, it, it is an element of the show that, like, her mother grounding her, her mother, her mother saying, you know, you have to be in by this time adds another, I guess, a unique layer to this kind of show where it's like, you know, most of the time if they're out, you know, they don't have to worry about when they get back and their mom's mad at them or something, you know? Like, mm -hmm. like that's, that's not even really a concern. Whereas for Ms. Marvel, that's, like, a big concern for her because she... She doesn't want to let her mom down, but she also wants to sneak out with, you know, do the party or whatever, you know. And also, she is concerned about how her being a superhero will affect her parents. You know, she was wondering, what if, you know, what if I am making it worse? You know, and, and she had that conversation with her dad where dad didn't realize necessarily what she was talking about. But, you know, he was basically giving her the... A, the advice that, you know, goodness is something you do. Yeah. If you want to show that you're good, you be good. Yeah. You do good. It was interesting how, yeah, you know, her parents kind of are there, like, giving her, you know, helping her in ways and, and giving her this grounding that she needs to, 
to be the hero and kind of the encouragement in that direction, even though they they didn't know it, but the encouragement to, you know, be good and use it for good. Yeah. And I really I really hope they just build on that family dynamic through the whole thing. Yeah, I don't think we need a uh, her mom or dad dying to motivate her like, you know, Spider-Man or something, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, at least at this point in the story, that kind of thing doesn't seem necessary. And what what would be better for the story seemingly is just building up some of these family relationships and the, the dynamic between them, you know. And the dynamic between her and her brother is very fun. So we mentioned her mother earlier. I, th I think her mother or her gr her her great grandma could have been done a little bit better, unless there's some further explanation that explains some actions in here. Because at the beginning, she seemed nice enough, and and going into it, you know, with the way they introduced her and everything, it's like okay, she's like the bad guy or something. You know, obviously, that that's kind of the direction they're heading with her anyway. So it's like okay, but. They start off with her acting nice enough. She talks to her. Uh, they're explaining the situation. Uh, Ms. Marvel, you know, Kamala is seemingly like, okay, you know, like understanding and is like, okay, yeah, I, I want to help you guys. And then somewhere along the line, a switch flips and the mother's like, we're not waiting anymore. We don't have to ask, you know. And, and she just goes oh, the ultra evil mode and it's just like, I'll, I'll kill people to get this and stuff. And it's like, okay, I, I, I would be fine if they built up to that more, but it seemed like it switched so fast that it was just kind of odd. Yeah, because when they talked to Gamala, she seemed very, like, willing to help them. She was yeah. listening to them. She was taking it in. So even if you were, like, getting desperate, like, oh, we're going to run out of time and die we have, unless we do this fast. Even if you were getting desperate, it seems like you would go to her, you know, gently and say, hey, you know, we're, we're about to die if we don't get back to our realm. Well, you know, you know, express that urgency. Yeah. You know, she's young. She's impressionable. You know, and she was listening to you last time you talked. Yeah. You know, she has no reason not to listen to you. You know, sure, she showed a little bit of nervousness and hesitation, but it seems like even if you were that evil, the smart thing to do would be to go to her and say, hey, we need to do this now. Yeah. And then if she resists that, then maybe go into, like, killing people mode, you know? Right, right. Because, see, that that's how they should have played it, or that's how they could have played it, you know, is that... Like, she goes and she says, you know, we need to do this and we need to do it right now. And for whatever reason, Kamala's like, uh, we can't do it right now. Can we do it later or can we, you know, or or for whatever reason, you know, we can't. No, I'm not going to do this for whatever reason, you know. And then she's like, okay, you know, now we flip the switch. Now you understand the reason that she suddenly is like, all right, now I'm going to go hardcore. Whereas it just seemed like, yeah, that switch got flipped for no reason where the strategic approach probably would have just have been to go up and ask her and talk mm -hmm. to her. Yeah. I think they could have done a lot better there. Yeah. Cuz then you could have you could have had maybe a little bit more of the the betrayal of those characters, you know, because you know, she she's questioning, you know, who, who are you and you know, if you could have like built it up a little bit and had them like, you know, had had Kamala go maybe acknowledge a little more that oh, this is my grandma or something, you know. My great-grandma. Yeah, or, or something a little bit more, whereas that we barely got that, and then she turns evil, and so it doesn't feel like a betrayal. It's just like, 
oh, okay, you know, there you go. It, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it, like it should have felt that way, you know? Mm-hmm. And then with the right grandma, we get some kind of tease at the end that I have no idea what's up with the train coming through a portal or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but we get a little tease there. So, okay. And then, uh, and then her grandma also mentions it and says she saw it. So she, she also has some connection with the gin and with the bangle, the bangle and stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it seems like she knows stuff. Because the bangle technically came from her, right? Mm-hmm. It was like she it was a box him. of random stuff, you know, and and the, her mom was just like, ah, it's all junk. And then she puts that on and gets the powers, you know. So she probably knows what it is then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or at least has more information. Yeah. So supposedly there's another one, so... That's true. Maybe yeah. Grandma's got it. Because none of the none of the bad people have it. So is the series going to end with her having one on each arm, being extra powerful? Then then she'll she'll get even more powers and actually be stretchy. Yeah, yeah. Her actual body will start stretching out instead of her superpower body or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now you know how I think this series is actually going to end. Is I think we're going to have a Captain Marvel cameo, and she's going to come in and say. Sure, you can be Ms. Marvel or, you know, something along those lines to to get her to go, okay, I'm Ms. Marvel, you know, because they've never mm-hmm. called her Ms. Marvel so far, and she's, like, infatuated with Captain Marvel and stuff, and that would be uh, a fun way and maybe, like, like a fun way to for her character and, and all that kind of stuff, and then also a way that, to, to give her that title, to give her that name, you know, mm-hmm. without her just kind of stealing it almost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then again, I don't know where Captain Marvel's at, you know. She's always like off world doing stuff seemingly, so. She can pop in for a quick visit. Yeah. <laughs> so one one cool thing, a connection to the, the wider MCU, uh, we got damage control in here. And we got even some of the same characters from Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, the characters that were interrogating uh, Peter Parker and his his family and friends. So he came in and he was uh, he was interrogating the the random girl that she saved at the party. You know we get a, we get a little bit of him and then we get more characters in Damage Control doing stuff that, as far as I know, Damage Control is like supposed to come in and just clean up the mess and stuff, not do all this top secret government seemingly you know crazy kind of stuff. But that's mm-hmm. what they're doing in the MCU now. And, uh, so yeah, they're definitely expanding that role, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's cool to see him popping up in here, too. And at first you think they're after Kamala, but then they, they're they coming after the, uh, the djinn. So it made me think, well, were they after them the whole time? And Kamala was just kind of there, part of the situation? They don't realize she has the powers? Or... Hmm. Are they the big fish and she's the small fish? They're, they they want her too, but uh, yeah, they'll nab these others first because they're higher priority. Huh, I hadn't really thought of that. Because, I mean, they were going after those other ones, but, I mean, when they showed up, then all, you know, chaos was breaking loose, so why not, you know, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking. But, yeah, that, that could be the kind of the twist is that we were never really after you. You're not really big enough to be interesting to us or something you know you know or they were after her yeah i don't know interesting because i'm trying to think if there was ever a time where they were specifically like said uh you know nightlight or whatever which is what they're they're calling her right now you know Mm -hmm. uh but i don't think they did 
So, so that very well could be the case. But they were chasing her down with drones That's right true. after she saved the boy using her powers. Is it because? Well, I was gonna say, is it because they that she exhibited similar powers, but they, their, her, their powers aren't really similar to hers. No. So, so you couldn't really tell from that angle. You know? Okay. You know who her powers kind of remind me of all of a sudden. What's her name? Monica Rambu from WandaVision. She goes through the weird colorful bubble and she gets messed up. And then she has some kind of colorful powers like that too, right? And she's supposed to also be in Captain Marvel. And Ms. Marvel's supposed to be in in the next Captain Marvel movie. Hmm. So is there some connection there too? I don't know. So that's it for these first three episodes. Uh, Up next, we're going to watch the rest of the series, and so we'll have a spoiler review of the entirety of Ms. Marvel. So, see you in a bit. Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who saved the world. That's a fantasy, too. Okay, so we have seen the final three episodes, the last half of Ms. Marvel Season 1. So full spoilers for the entirety of the first season of Ms. Marvel from here forward in the podcast. I, I gotta be honest, this... The ending did let me down a little bit with this series. Uh, the you know I, I thought the the first three episodes it, it started off pretty strong. You know I was questioning how much I was gonna like this series, and then it's like no okay you know it's it's kind of proven itself as like okay it's this, it's this fun kind of series. The ending does leave me a bit disappointed. Just the 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 climax with the villain happens an episode early and then we're just kind of left with this other kind of random side villain that's less interesting just I, I don't know some of the some of the setups and payoffs didn't feel as satisfying as it seems like they should have at the end of this season that it wasn't bad you know overall it was it was still decently fun but it, it didn't quite hit the the highs of the first few episodes in my opinion yeah it was fun i liked I liked uh, just the characters through the end, but it left me a little questioning when Kamran's mom, uh, at the end, closed the rift. She was had been set on getting back to her home for hundreds of years, or, you know, a long time anyway. Yeah. She just proved over and over that she was willing to do anything to do that. She would betray and kill her friends, you know, and she left behind her son and then at the last moment she like supposedly chose her son and give him to give him a world to live in and sacrifice herself but then did she did she go into him did like her energy go into him or was she just putting somehow putting the rift in him so it would come out of him later like was this was this did she actually like self-sacrifice for her son or was it just another elaborate plan you know just another Mm. way to accomplish what she was trying it kind of didn't clearly spell it out either way because Cameron was affected from then on and then when all the stuff was busting out of him i thought oh this is just you know a different way to open the rift 
she realized it wasn't gonna work there so she put it in him and and was doing it this way but the the story didn't quite seem to be saying that so it kind of left me a little confused and plus her self-sacrificing for her son was not in her nature and there wasn't much to lead up yeah to, See, put, I, to make her do that i almost wish like that was what the explanation was is that this was actually an elaborate scream or you know, she was still the bad guy. She was still, like, trying to do this, you know, open this portal and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, the sudden shift of her, the self-sacrifice of her saving her son, it, it really just goes against everything that we've seen from her character so far. And it's... And then if she's if she is dead, which it... The movie implies that... The movie, the, the show outright says that she's dead when they're, Kamala and him are talking. And so, you know, now does that mean she's actually dead? You know, who knows, but... Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, at the end of this series, we're supposed to think she's dead and she self-sacrificed herself for her son, which, as you say, it just goes so completely against who everything that we know about her so far uh, that it just feels wrong and it just feels like a disappointing end to this character. I mean, it, it, who wasn't even necessarily the strongest villain for, for reasons that we talked about in the first segment, you know, her shifting really fast back and forth between seemingly good and evil and stuff weird kind of there. And again, it's this kind of this crazy shift of like, you know, oh, evil, evil, evil. And then like, oh, but I guess I'm going to self-sacrifice for good now, even though she already had abandoned her son. So like she already, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, her ending. And yeah, that, that kind of was kind of unsatisfying in the nature of the story yeah kind of unsatisfying because her character you know you don't even wouldn't see her character making that choice but also because it was just so unclear yeah and then it it was kind of strange to have a whole nother episode after that it was like really there's there's one more episode you know yeah just tying up loose ends or i thought maybe it, is she still the villain inside of him See, I thought they were setting up maybe he's going to be the villain. And I still think that might be what they're setting up for the future. Is him being a villain to Miss Marvel in the future. Yeah, but it was more of damage control was the villain in the yeah. last episode. Yeah, which is, you know, uh, damage control being an antagonistic force works. But, it, I mean, the, the lady that was the main head of damage control, you know, really all we'd seen from her is that she's like, she wants to get Kamala for whatever reason. This is her her mission that she's sent out to do to me there I, I don't remember anything that really set up why she would go against orders to back off in order to pursue ms marvel you know other than you know oh she's really close or whatever mm -hmm. but like I, I don't know i guess there wasn't enough with that character to get me invested into her as a villain so when she's doing all this stuff i don't i don't really care about her you know and if she you know, died or whatever really happened to her. You know, she gets fired at the end, and it's not like... It, there's not much emotional impact there at all because she's just kind of a throwaway, nothing villain that is the main villain at the end of the series, ultimately. You know? Uh, so, in that aspect, too, it just felt like uh, a little bit of a bummer at the end. Yeah, some odd choices. So I almost feel like they, they could have... Either, either not had her tr like really be the villain, just have them con the, the continued pursuit of damage control, and then have Cameron be uh, not villainous necessarily, but like like he was at the end, where he's kind of he doesn't have full control of his powers, and he's emotional and angry, and uh, and he's kind of lashing out some, and so you know he's he's kind of on that verge, and then 
So you can have damage control there, you can kind of have that force messing with them, you can have him, and then you can still have it basically end the same way and everything, but less focus on this one random girl in damage control that was ultimately, to me, just not a very interesting character. What I think they're setting up here with Kamran here, I think could potentially be an interesting uh, storyline in the future too, you know, with uh, whether he is a villain or whether he's just the, the, you know, maybe questionable hero or whatever direction. I don't know who this character is in the comics or anything, so I don't know what direction they're going to go with him. But it seems like a villain origin story to me. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, if they go that direction, I think he has the potential to be a, uh, a really interesting villain in the future. Yeah, because he doesn't feel at home in this world. And he feels like now he can never go back to his own home. And, you know, this superhero killed his mom. You know, he didn't really get the whole story. Yeah. He just knows that they were both over there and, and then she died, so... And man, there was the points where they were like, I was like, dude, Kamala, you just need to tell him what happened more clearly here. Yeah. This would help. I mean, obviously he would still be emotional and angry and all that stuff, but getting more of the picture would definitely help. <laughs> I mean, oh my goodness. Okay, so another interesting thing of note is we have a, another uh, form of time travel now in the in the MCU too. Uh, you know, a little bit different than what all the other kind of time travels we've seen before. This is this was very, very much a, a temporary time travel. She's there and then it pulls her back or something kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that whole sequence was pretty cool because that's it's uh, it's something that you you hear about before. You hear her mother, you know, telling this story. So telling the story of her her grandma as you know she's you know trying to get to the get get out of the country get on the train and she sees the stars and it leads her into the bright place and all that kind of stuff and you know she's hurt you know she's obviously heard it a million times before and she's just kind of like yeah you know okay okay but then she gets teleported back through the bracelet and through some weird stuff happening there and then uh she's actually the one ultimately that that creates the stars and creates the lights that leads her to the right place and all this kind of stuff and she's like whoa it was me this whole time you know mm. uh, kind of a, a cool a cool little twist on that it's something that once you see you like see her go back in time and then the next episode it's all like back in time showing her her great-grandmother and her grandmother and seeing their story. So then you, you kind of get the idea that that might be how it plays out. And then it does. But it's, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a cool little twist on there and, and layering into her backstory. That's pretty cool. Because uh, family is a big thing in this show. And, like, because, like, this was her family story. And, and then it was, like, she got to go back and be part of, yeah you know, her family story during this critical time. I thought that was cool, and like, whenever you give a a superhero time travel, it's like, well, why don't they just fix this with time travel? Fix yeah. that. <laughs> you know, this was a way where it's like, okay, they they did a little time travel thing, but she's not a time traveling character. She can't control it. She didn't yeah. make that happen. She can't just time travel at will. You know. Yeah. Um. So they didn't open that can of worms. It was somehow the the bracelet getting blasted the way it was in the present. And then her, you know, um, 
her great-grandmother in the past, you know, it kind of somehow connected them, and the rift was open, so you could even yeah. say that somehow, okay, this rift to another dimension happening at the same time this bracelet thing was happening, you know, it, it, it caused that to happen. So she was the one who, who made the stars, and... And it was was something that had already happened in the past, too. So it's not like she's going back and it's like, oh, the timeline changes or something. It was, this was already a part of the timeline. Yeah. It it, it had already happened. It just, she hadn't done it yet. Yeah. To her. But in the, in the timeline, it had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was a, that was a good way to do that. Ms. Marvel got her official Ms. Marvel costume in the final episode um, and it, it turns out her mother made it, I guess. Um, her mother gifted it to her anyway. I assume she made it or, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, she pulled it out of a box. Yeah. But she, presumably that's not something you can just order though, right? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> otherwise multiple people would be wearing this, you know? But, but anyway, so, um, gifted to her by her mother. Uh, yeah, cool looking, very much comic book accurate and, uh, uh, they even, when she, she puts it on and then she goes and sits on the, the lamp post at the very end of the episode, uh, which is a comic book cover that is very mm-hmm. much recreating a comic book cover that she's on, uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool how when her parents found out it was her, you know, of course they still had reservations about her safety and stuff. Yeah. But they did support her in that. Yeah, they got her the costume. They, you know, they they just kind of encouraged her in there. So it wasn't like the, the. I mean, she had her her rebellious moments, but her continuing to be the superhero wasn't, you know, just rebellious rebellious teen kind yeah. of thing. And and the way it was set up earlier is like that. That was the the potential was there for them to say, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. And then in order for her to be the superhero, she would have to be the rebellious teenager you know but they see that and they go oh okay and we can see that you're trying to do this good thing and so we're yeah we're gonna encourage you in that Mm -hmm. and then like literally cheering her on in the last battle and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and then it's her dad who gives her the name ms marvel supposedly based on kamala being meaning marvel or something and this you've always been our little miss marvel um so you know okay cool Again, the, the kind of family connection there and uh, uh, establishing the name there. And then she even mentions, oh, this is like similar to Captain Marvel, you know. It's kind of cool how they, you know, her costume is similar to Captain Marvel's, but not the same, you know. And then, you know, she's not just the miniature version. Yeah. You know, some heroes, there's the grown-up version and there's the kid version who's basically just... Yeah. You know, the kid version of it, you know, yeah. of that, you know. So she is, she's similar in a lot of ways, but different, you know. And so that way, you know, it kind of pays homage to her without just being a clone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is honestly kind of the, the better way to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, uh, I mean, I like, even like, I like the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, but that's very much the same same thing, you know. Hulk to She-Hulk, it's just, oh, just make Hulk a girl. You know, that that kind of thing where it's just, yeah, like you say, it's almost a clone of that character in ways where uh, Kamala has some of those elements, but then she also has a different power set, and she's also 
more, I guess, to set her apart and stuff. And I like the way they used her powers in the last battle. How, you know, she used the light. We already saw her, like, expanding her hand out and creating a big hand before. Yeah. But now she, like, expanded her legs and basically almost, like, her whole body. So, like, she was, like, stretching and growing, but not really stretching. It was all the light. Yeah. And, um... So I think that was a good way to take that power from, you know, the way she does it in the comic books to the way they're Mm. doing it here. Yeah. First when she was like, I'm gonna embiggen or whatever she said, you know, and then Mm -hmm. she starts getting, but I was like, wait, is she, is her like actual body gonna start stretching now or something? Um, But no, (laughs) it Mm -hmm. it was still uh, still all the light stuff, but... uh, but yeah, that was cool. So you might remember in the last segment I said, oh, at the end of this series, uh, Captain Marvel should show up and say, and like, you know, approve of her name or whatever, you know, because they have similar names or something along, you know, something along those lines to maybe connect those characters a little bit. And uh, that didn't happen the way I said, but she did show up at the end of the series in a weird way. Um, so she's like, Kamala is like going to bed or something. She's in her room, in her bed, and, uh, her, the bangle starts glowing. Something weird happens. She, like, teleports or warps or something weird. She goes all gobbly gloop, flies into the closet, and then up pops Captain Marvel. And now she's in Ms. Marvel's room, and we don't know where Ms. Marvel's at, Supposedly, that maybe they swapped or something. We don't really know what in the world happened, but now suddenly we have a connection between these two characters that are probably very far apart. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an odd scene. It was almost like, what, did she turn into Captain Marvel? Yeah. No. Did they switch places? <laughs> you know, does, does Captain Marvel's power, is it in any way connected to this other dimension and through the bangle? So, yeah, it has it some was, of the same visual elements a little bit, so you yeah, could you could go with something like that. Yeah, their their powers kind of, you know, have the light, you could see it kind of the hard light look yeah. in both, but yeah, it kind of it kind of left you questioning like, okay, you know, <laughs> why did this happen? But that was the idea to get you yeah. wondering for then then they can answer the questions in their next show. Yeah. Well, in the Marvels, the Next, the next movie, Captain Marvel movie, and you know I'm I'm curious to see that the Captain Marvel is one of the worst <laughs> movies in the MCU. It's it's one of my least favorite movies in the MCU. So it doesn't really have a high bar to cross for it to be better. And I'm kind of expecting it to be better because I kind of I'm guessing that they saw the criticism and they'll fix at least some of it. You know. So I'm, I'm kind of expecting that one to be better. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it a little bit. But again, it's, you know, Captain Marvel's probably one of my least favorite superheroes in the MCU. And one of my least favorite movies in the MCU. And so I was like, you know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. But actually, having Kamala in there makes me more excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, Kamala is... Uh, at this point, she's a more developed character, I think, than Captain Marvel is. Um, and then Monica Rambu from uh, WandaVision also being in it. Uh, she was good in WandaVision, so yeah, those both of those characters being in there does make me more interested in the Marvels. So 
overall, uh, this show was pretty fun. This show, this show was decent. Uh, it's it's probably one of the lesser of the the MCU Disney Plus shows for me so far, but still fun. Still uh, surpassed my expectations because I, I guess I had low expectations, but it, it surpassed my expectations. I had a fun time. I like the I think the, probably the biggest accomplishment of this series is making a very likable main character here for us to follow. Yeah, I really liked uh, Kamala as a character. I like kind of her young innocence and her enthusiasm um, and excitement over the superpowers. Um, and I liked the uh, deep connection with family and that it was so family-oriented. All right, so that's our thoughts on Ms. Marvel. What'd you think? Shoot me an email, helixreviewspodcast at gmail.com, and you can let us know. And that is it for this time. Up next is uh, She-Hulk, I guess. Uh, That's already coming out, and honestly, the things I'm hearing about it doesn't have me super excited. But uh, there'll be there'll be an episode about that in the future. Uh, also, I am Groot. The the short films about Groot came out. Uh, I'll probably do an episode about that. I'm workshopping an idea that could be cool. Um, and yeah, so that's it. Uh, until next time, this is David and Josiah of the Helix Reviews Podcast. Signing out. Bye bye, guys. Okay, so we the leader, ba. Ta da! Okay, so that's it for these last few episodes. <laughs> first, first few episodes. Okay. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not recording again tonight. All right, so that's it for these. <coughs> That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. That's it. We're past the brain dead time. Oh. <laughs> Midnight was the cutoff point. <laughs> I finally got my thoughts gathered. <laughs>